Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we're going to continue on with our divisional breakdown series. Um, during these series, Fox and I will be sharing our fantasy football players that we're looking to own and avoid. And of course, we're following it up with our predictions for the division. As always, I am joined by my Mr. Partner, Mr. Partner, my partner, Mr. Partner, Mr. Matthew Fox. How are you, buddy? You you made that description sound different. You know, we're podcast partners. Yeah, whatever. Uh, now, <laughs> I'm, now I'm your mister. You're my mister. You are my mister. This show is gone. Um, yeah, I don't even. It's been... I, you know, I'm doing good. It was it was surreal last night to see uh, Matthew Berry on NBC. But as somebody who regularly watches Football Night in America because I want to watch highlights at the end of watching uh, at the end of watching ten hours of games, I want to rewatch the highlights of those games for an hour and twenty minutes, much to the horror of my wife. I'm excited to have uh, a little fantasy sports thrown in there with some of the more somber takes i was intrigued by the matthew berry moving to nbc it's, it's kind of weird to see it happen i know it's kind of his home-ish home base initially you know from the no, beginning but... you know what's weird is him talking about the adp on yahoo yeah like, please tmr find a better platform you yeah, cannot yahoo be should. shilling for the world's worst fantasy platform yahoo's all i refuse i had somebody invite me to a yahoo league once and i said i'm out i literally i literally told them i would be in and they're like oh we're doing it on yahoo i said i can't i can't do that i i have too much respect for my fantasy football love to be in a league that's on yahoo so sorry like um yeah i i'm intrigued to buy it and we're obviously we're talking if you those of you don't know matthew berry left espn he's over on nbc now he's going to be hosting a, a daily show a weekly show and then he's also going to be on like he said football night in america i'm intrigued by the 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 transition um i'm sure the biggest thing that was in play was money you know what i mean like that's the biggest reason why you jump ship from one to the other um, in my opinion, and good for Matthew Barry. Um, you know, he's been one of the anchors of the fantasy football industry for a long time. Um, yeah, that's all I'm really going to say because I don't really know if I have much else nice things to say. So um, I don't know if it was totally money with him. I think um, ESPN, they don't really like their people to do things that aren't ESPN. And since yeah. Matthew Barry has that Matthew Barry's fantasy life, that has a big partnership with underdog and has another partnership with FanDuel. I'm guessing that was probably, probably a sticky point that NBC doesn't have. Yeah, exactly. So congratulations, Matthew, uh, Matthew Fox, Matthew Barry. Congratulations, I'll take Matthew Fox too. I'll congratulations. Matthew Fox will be taking over Matthew Barry's spot on ESPN. Um, the big news of the week, obviously we're going to briefly touch on it because we have to, um, is Deshaun Watson. Um, his suspension came in um, for six games with no fine. And then um, obviously yesterday we did find out that the NFL is going to appeal the suspension. Um, the suspension is lighter than I anticipated, but I'm not entirely shocked. Um, 
I'm not going to go too deep into this other than, um, yeah, I don't really know. I don't have much nice to say about this situation. And it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because I think now that the NFL has appealed the suspension, if the suspension does get uh, extended, um, we're going to look at another appeal. So this could be a bloody battle over the next couple of weeks. Actually, did but, you see, apparently, according to the um, to the CBA, the independent arbitrator who they jointly agree on presents, and then both sides have the opportunity to appeal. The appeal is heard by Goodell or an officer of his choosing, and whatever their decision is, is final and binding. Interesting. So they could go to court, but they won't be able to appeal within this system. I think things that's I found, why Watson's talked about suing. Yeah, one of the things I found fascinating is, is apparently there was a deal on the table for 12 games and, and a fine, and he turned the deal down. And it's like, at this point, I personally feel like that he probably should have taken that deal and ran with it. Um, you know, it would have put him on the football field this year. And honestly, we know he's not missing a whole lot of game checks because, you know, he's only got a million dollar salary this year. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's all I've got to say about it. Um, it's going to be change. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because it does change the outlook of that football team and and fantasy wise, um, you know, what that value looks like if you're willing to take that dive um, down that path. So, yeah, that's all I really got to add about that. Um yeah, I don't I don't really know what to say because wow. the situation sucks. So um, it's a gross situation to me. Is. Anything less than a year um, is going to be a disgrace. But also it's a disgrace that the NFL has let this play out this long. They started meeting with him back in the spring. We actually have literal games that have already kicked off and we're spending all of our time talking and reading about massage parlors. It's everyone has fumbled this uh, speaking of which i i do want to go on a little bit of a tangent i lied um okay there is a lot of people comparing the suspension to calvin ridley okay and i'm going to say this and that's all i'm going to say about this as well let me explain something to you those at home okay you cannot like deshaun watson's let's just say it's the six games right this second you cannot like that suspension and think that it could have been longer, but there is no reason to compare his suspension to Calvin Ridley's. They're two totally different things. Now let me explain something to you guys. If you understand why Pete Rose is not in the baseball hall of fame, it was because he bet on baseball. Not only did he bet on baseball, he bet on the teams that he was playing for. Okay. When you are, when you are playing for a team, and you bet on that team, you have possible insider information about injuries. You have insider information about who's playing, who's not playing, et cetera, et cetera. My thing is this. If you don't like the Ridley suspension, perfectly fine. If you don't like the Watts suspension, perfectly fine. But you cannot compare the two on the levels of which one thing did. They're both wrong, period. Watson and Ridley, they were both wrong. Ridley got his suspension. He's moving, you know what I mean? That that piece of the, the puzzle has been figured out. He was, um, they had proof that he did do what he did. He bet on the team, et cetera, et cetera, and stuff like that. So he got his suspension. I, I know people are like, oh, well, the NFL has partnership agreements with 
X, Y, and Z. Well, there's things that, that happen within the structure of a company that the company is allowed to get sponsors for X, Y, and Z. But if it's in your contract that you can't do X, Y, and Z, then you shouldn't do X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? Like, that's just how it plays out. I'm not comparing situations of like understand of saying one's right, one's wrong. No, they're both wrong, the suspension, and but there's both separate. They're both different cases. And I understand the past of the NFL. They have a terrible history of how their suspensions are laid out, and it makes the NFL look terrible. If you're going to complain about anything, complain about the NFL and how they structure things out over these last decade of the weird suspensions. Because even when it comes down to like the Brady suspension, he got four games for like something that may or may not have happened. They didn't really have like whole arm proof because it was Goodell doing his thing. But like I said, I'm done on this rant. I'm just saying separate the two no matter what, because I feel like, yeah, that's it. I'm done. Sorry, Fox. I didn't mean to go on that tangent. I've just seen a lot of comparisons there and I don't feel like it doesn't make any sense to compare the two, even though Watson's suspension should be far greater than what it had had what transpired. So I think the more apt would be if you're looking at something would be like the Ray Rice situation where he essentially got put on the commissioner's exemplist. He never played again. Um, there were various reasons for that, but it wasn't like, oh, should he get a couple of games? I just hope it's well. Ray Rice soon. got suspended for like two games or whatever, and then the video got out because nobody saw the video. They just gave him like two, I think it was like two or four games or whatever that Ray Rice got. But then the video got out, and people were like, "How did you watch this video and only give that man two games?" You know what I mean? Like, that uh, honestly, was- if you're out there listening, I do not want to see a video of Deshaun Watson stuff released. <laughs> please, yes, TMZ Keep those videos to yourself. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> law enforcement well on yeah. to another sad topic the nfc north yes exactly it's crazy how a lot of these divisions are tough to listen and talk about but with that being said um we're gonna like i said we're gonna break down each team the guy that we're looking to have on a roster the guy we're looking to have to avoid and fox i'm gonna let you kick it off with the green bay packers who are you looking to own on this team yeah, so I think the the must-have that I'm going to roster is Aaron Jones. I know he's going at RB12. I think he's going to finish as a top 12 RB. I think it's good value there. Uh, given the state of the passing game, I'm less bullish on, you know, I Aaron Rodgers has plenty of talent. Finishing as a QB1 without being much of a runner and having the kind of receiving core he has feels like it's going to be more of a stretch given what I think we're going to see from some of the passing game. Aaron Jones, I think, is going to be a primary receiver. I still think he's a big touchdown guy, so I'm all in there. My avoid for the Green Bay Packers, uh, I kind of touched on it, is the wide receiver situation. Alan Lazard is not a terrible value if you're going to go in, but Christian Watson's still not practicing. They're talking up Romeo Dubs, but I need to actually see it on the field. I've seen Sammy Watkins play. I've seen Randall Cobb play the last few years. Those guys are probably going to have games here or there. Robert Tunyon could end up catching some touchdowns like he did a few years ago, but who knows? You know, and I are you investing in that? It feels almost like when we've talked about some of these committee backfields where if you're going to go in, in for a dollar, in for a hundred dollars if you're going to go for a green bay Packers receiver do you have to take two or three so that you have some platoon options and are you ever going to feel good about who you're playing again lazard's not bad i'm 
not as bullish as some people that think he's just going to explode to be a high-end wide receiver too. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a wide receiver three, and it's not terrible for his value, but we don't know what the passing game is going to be in Green Bay. Yeah, I uh, I took the path of the opposite running back, which I am, honestly, if I'm being honest with you, I'm excited for both of these running backs. I like A.J. Dillon a whole lot. I'm a big fan of A.J. Dillon. I think that he's got the opportunity to produce on another level. And um, he's just a guy that I like in, the, in this roster. I uh, 100% love him. And I think that he's going to have a good season. I think there's a chance that both these guys finish in that top 20. And I'm very happy with that. Um, I'm with you. Receivers, get out of here. I don't want any of them. I don't want any of them. I, I they're one of the one of the guys will be. I think it'll be alter. It'll be like the Chiefs, in my opinion, for receivers. It'll be like alternative weeks where one guy shines. You spend all of your money on the free agent pile to get him, and then you know the next week he's got one catch for twelve yards. Um, moving on to the Minnesota Vikings, um, I'll start, I'll kick us off here. Must have for me. Look, I I went. I, I'm not going out on a limb here and saying Dalvin Cook because I am going to say Dalvin Cook, but. I just have seen him drop in some drafts in, in the back. Like we, you and I, Fox and I talked about this. I don't, it might've been off the air or something like that over a couple of weeks ago where we talked about cook just being in the bottom half of the first round, or even in that top half of the second round in some drafts. And it's weird because like, there's so many other running backs. There's not a whole, like a lot of people are ranking him high. Right. But I just don't think people like him as much as I do. And it's weird. I don't know. I feel like he's going to be a top producer He's a top two or three running back. I, you know, I think you're going to get, stop avoiding him is all I'm going to say. Um, what is wrong with you people? Um, my avoid for the year is Justin Jefferson. I just think the price is too steep. I don't think Jefferson's going to have a bad year. I just don't think that I'm willing to pay um, to have him as my wide receiver too, or pay that, pay the first round price for a receiver that I could probably get another one later on in the second or third round. That's just as uh, able to produce just as much. So, yeah. I will say I've come back on cook a little bit his current adp is rb6 um which is pretty decent i actually dropped him closer to rb12 in my redraft rankings just because he seems to chronically miss two to four games um i don't know if it's style or getting worn out so that's when he's out there he's dynamite you're right but sometimes it's gotten to a point where that scares me a little bit mine must have kirk cousins he's going as qb 15 i can't believe that i somehow become a kirk cousins apologist in my later life uh but you know kevin o'connell comes in um probably going to be a more pass friendly offense kirk cousins has all has hovered between he was qb 11 last year so he was in the top 12 I think he's going to hover right around being QB1, top end QB2. So I think it's a good value. He's not like the sexiest name, but especially in Superflex, where you can easily get him at value as a second QB, I'm all in. My avoids Irv Smith Jr. Um, you know, maybe he is on the Hunter Henry path. Of, he had competition early, then an injury took him out, and he's still poised to break out. At this point, I need to see it because this is going on year four of the Irv Smith breakout. Um, and you know, they have KJ Osborne, they have Adam Thielen's not going away. They have Justin Jefferson. They throw to Dalvin cook. I need to see that Irv Smith is actually going to be a big part of this offense. If he's what Tyler Conklin was last year, then that's, you know, it was like a top end tight end too. That's fine. But some people just think Irv Smith to the moon. I'm not there yet. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I've been on the Irv Smith bandwagon for so long that I, I just, I've decided just to jump off and kill myself on it. So um, with that being said, what do you got for the bears? So the bears, my must have Darnell Mooney scoring this wide receiver 25. I know he's the only receiver they've got. He's finishing inside wide receiver two territory. I think he'll give you a slight return on that value. I know the argument's going to be, well, Allen Robinson's gone. Allen Robinson wasn't doing much last year. Darnell Mooney was the guy. He seems to have good chemistry. But my avoid, on the flip side, any other receiver. The Bears are actually a team where Nikhil Harry came there and improved their wide receiver core. That tells you all you need to know about everyone. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Beyond Darnell Mooney. And that includes Cole Komet. You know, he's got some potential, but I want to see... I guess I need to see more. I'm not sure they're going to have a robust passing game. The Bears are a team where I've actually kind of, as we'll see when we do our record production, have come back a little bit on them. I like Justin Fields. I like... The, it just feels like they are focused on 2023 right now, and I think this might be a rough season. Yeah, I'm in on one of the guys that you mentioned, Cole Kement. I just like him. I've been a big proponent of him coming out of college, and I'm hoping that this is break year. I just think that he has a potential finish in that top tier of uh, tight ends. I, it, it's also to say that I really just don't care about this team. I don't really know if I'm owning any of these guys. I mean, it's just – it's a bloodbath. It's. I also think that we're going to have weeks with Cole Komet will get one catch for five yards because Justin Fields throws for 22 yards because he got sacked 42 times. I, I, don't, I don't know. And, and the void, I don't know. I'm in void in the whole entire roster. I don't. I just don't want anything to do with this team. I literally just don't. I. It's, it's really strong to say whenever you can just look at a team and be like, pass. You know what I mean? I like Mooney. I think the value is good there. But I, even with Mooney, I think we're in the same boat of like there's going to be weeks where he might have you know, one catch for 10 yards, you know, it's just, this roster sucks and they didn't do anything at all to help. Um, they didn't do anything at all to help this team this off season to really build um, unless you count, you know, the brand new best receiver, Nikhil Harry, you know what I mean? Not, you know what I mean? Barn burner. He might score 22 touchdowns this year. Byron Pringle, Equinemius, St. Brown. I mean, it's a collection of never, never have been. Yeah. Collections of wide receiver eights. Um, you know, with that being said, we're going to move over to uh, Matthew Fox's favorite team, the Detroit Lions. Um, if you don't see him wearing a Broncos outfit, you're going to see him wearing a Lions jersey this year for sure. Um, I feel like this is his team. He's planting his flag on a couple of guys, and I like it. Um, but also then I looked at some other things, and I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe he's changed his mind. I don't fucking know anymore with Matthew Fox. He Apparently, he doesn't like Delvin Cook anymore. Like, the fucking – it started raining I, outside – and, I do like now, the Lions. I, I, it's raining outside, and you know what I'm I mean? Moderate. I don't even know. It could snow now. I don't even know anymore. Like, it's just, you know, you don't talk to the guy for two weeks, and he changes his whole entire view on everything. It's just, uh, I'm just heartbroken. But with the Lions, my must-have, um, wait a minute. I have this, I had this wrong. Um, I have my must-have under 
the void. Um, my must have, I don't have, a, I, that's no, that's the thing. Sorry. I don't really have a must have for this team. I, I really don't. I don't, I think everybody's kind of proportioned correctly, maybe of where they're supposed to be um, for must haves. I mean, I really don't, Swift is where Swift should be. In my opinion, he could finish as running back one. Who knows who might be still, he's going to probably be a top five, eight back. Um, my receiver wise, this is where my void comes in. Amon Ross St. Brown is the 29th receiver coming off the board. I just don't think that there's, there's a lot of better value when you look at the other players behind him. Like I'd rather have Robert Woods here. Like I don't like that just doesn't like, I would rather a hundred percent. I understand why it's raining now because you've turned your back on the sun. God. <laughs> look, I love, I love the Look, I love the I love the guy. Um, I hope he has a great year because you know, people are already rooting against him from last year. Oh, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't want anybody like, again, this is just the theme of this uh, entire, uh, division. I don't want anybody. I don't want anybody on this roster. I don't mind if you don't like Swift, if you get Swift. Yeah, that's great. I want to have him on the roster, but like must have for value perspectives. I just could care less about Amon Ross St. Brown. And, um, and I don't even like TJ Hawkinson. I know that's your avoid, but sorry to spoil that for everybody at home, but your must have though. I mean, no, I mean, you're right. Like, the passing elements are probably where they are, if not a little higher. And that's my concern with Hawkinson. Yeah. When Hawkinson was the only, when they had no receivers last year, yeah. that was a great bet. And he's still, you know, he's missed time a lot. Tight ends got a little deeper. And if you're looking at, you know, would you rather have a Zach Ertz, a Pat Firemuth, a Dallas Goddard, maybe even a Dawson Knox than TJ Hawkinson? It's possible based on, uh, potentially the volume he sees, but my must have is actually Jared Goff. He's currently going as QB 28. I know the Rams ditched him, but we've seen him do pretty decently when he's gotten some weapons around him. He was higher than QB 28 last year, even though he spent the first half of the season trying to imagine a receiver. Uh, now he's got DJ Chark, uh, who's coming back, who's got some talent. Jamison Williams will be in there eventually. Amon Ross, St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, who he had good chemistry with when they were both together with the Rams. He has Hawkinson Swift as an excellent pass catching running back. I think Jared Goff finishes mid-pack QB2 in the 17 to 18 range, making him an incredible value late in drafts as your second guy in Superflex. Because you don't got to reach up and get him because people are not thinking about him, but I bet you you're rolling him out every week. Jared Goff is a pretty underrated guy for me. Look at that. You're a Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff apologist now. What does the world yeah. come to? I need a drink. <laughs> time to move on over to our predictions for the standings uh make sure right before i'll give you a cheap plug every tuesday i think it's tuesdays whenever i drop it i don't remember it might be tuesdays it might be wednesdays who knows but is whenever i drop clarkson and i's podcast where we talk about whether or not we're going to bet these over or unders and stuff like that but today i'm going to break down we're going to break down um our division standings and then of course they're over and under we'll highlight each of them but um, this is another stinker of one. Um, I'll break. I won't give my thoughts on the over under quite yet. I'll let you wait to the next podcast for that one. But uh, so far, the standings I've got it as follows: Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears. That's the order I see them finishing. Um, I do not see it ending any other way. Honestly, um, I had the Packers at twelve and five, the Vikings at ten and seven. I've got the Lions at seven and ten, and then I have the Bears at three and fourteen. So, um, sorry, Bears fans. Um, but uh, Fox, what do you got? 
Yeah, the Packers over under number is 11, which feels like a push. I have them at 11 and 6. Uh, yeah. Vikings over under number is 9, which is pretty dead on. I have them just over at 10 and 7. <laughs> Both those teams in the playoffs. Detroit's over under is 6.5. My God, is that close. I have a slight over. I also have them 7 and 10. I If they won nine games, it wouldn't shock me. Um, mm. But I think seven to nine is probably their win, and seven and ten would be a pretty sizable jump over where they were last year. Recognizing that they're going in the right direction, but they're still. I like Dan Campbell. There's a lot of me that would root for them if they made the playoffs. I initially wanted to put them in, but I started getting more realistic about looking at the schedule, and I'll I'll maintain hope but I'm going to sit there. One team I do not have a lot of hope for. Bears over under six and a half. I don't know why they said it's six and a half. You couldn't pay me to take the over. I'm a little more bullish than you, I guess. I'm at four and 13. I like Justin Fields. I enjoyed the Matt Eberflus uh, interviews from training camp on NFL radio. I just think that their entire strategy has sort of been to dump this year because they have a lot of draft picks and a lot of cap space going into 2023. Yeah, I don't see how this team's any good at all. Um, I spoiler alert if you don't listen to the over under podcast, but this number is way too high for no reason. Oh, this is not a six win team. It's not even. I can't. See and they have one of the higher over unders, and I, I they also seem like a team that's almost a lock for a top five playoff spot. Or and if you, yeah, exactly. And if you're a top five team, you're not finishing with six wins. Like they, they have to wins. win they have to win seven wins in order for that bet to pay out. There's just it makes no sense. Like I'm literally telling you guys to run to the pay window and bet this, you know what I mean? And then just go ahead and I hate that though. I hate betting this early in the season for over under wins because you have to wait six months to get your money whenever you know, it does happen. But with that being said, we're going to transition to our favorite segment of the show each and every week, and that's the movie corner. There's so much dropping this week. Holy cow. Every streaming platform has a movie coming out this week. I just, I don't even know what. And the best of them do. is they, them. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. I am terrified to watch it. Um, I will watch it at some point, probably this weekend. Uh, I completely forgot about that because it's not even on my list of what's dropping this weekend but what is coming out this weekend you ask because we've talked it up well let's see here on hulu we have prey on hbo max we have jesus Spelvado's special mr tough life we have rise of the teenage mutant ninja turtles the movie we have they them dropping on peacock we have 13 lives on amazon prime we have honor society that dropped this week i believe it was or last week i don't even know um, on week. paramount plus we have bullet train dropping in theaters and then luck on apple tv plus the animated movie I'm pretty positive that is everything because my guy also this week, um, Trainwreck Woodstock 99 dropped. It's a three-part documentary, which was, eh. um, but yeah. So with all that being said, I am just going to quickly let you know real fast what you should and shouldn't watch. Bullet Train, fun. I liked it. It's not great. Nothing special. 13 Lives, watch it. Prime Video. Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, don't watch it. It sucked. Luck. I enjoyed it. Probably my favorite animated movie of the year. Is that saying much because there hasn't been a lot of animated movies? Probably not. Prey, Hulu, I liked it. It's not bad. Honor Society, haven't watched it. Fox has. Um, and obviously we didn't get a chance to talk about two films that we both really, really enjoyed. And I think both have entered our top 10 movies of the year. 
And that was Nope and Vengeance. Uh, I don't know if Nope is in your top 10 or not, is it? Uh, no. I mean, I've, I've gone back and forth. I gave it four stars. Yeah. Which is high for Fox. Yeah. For those of you at home. Vengeance so. is currently sitting at number three for me. I gave that four and a half. There's only been three, four and a half. So I've given this year. I look, um, Vengeance is a movie that I can't wait to watch again, just based on the fact that, um, it had a little bit of a slow build for me. And I think that's what I didn't love, but once it picks up, it's one of the more creative scripts I've seen in a while. I think it touches on a lot of subjects that are very, um, you know, important in this day, this day and time. Um, the message is loud and clear throughout this entire film. I loved it. And I unlike it. Not Okay, it touches on those uh, those themes in a way that uh, is resonant. Talk about the movie. I, I tell you what, the only thing I really liked about the movie was the ending because, and, I, and not literally when the credits rolled, guys, calm down. Uh, the ending because they did not, like most movies like this that are like that would have gave this character this wonderful you know, redemption arc, but thankfully they didn't give this character a redemption arc, which made me happy. And I love the, I'm a sucker for uh, like slam poetry. You know what I mean? You know, not the slam poetry you get from 22 Jump Street, which was downright incredible. Like shout out to Jonah Hill, two of the greatest comedies ever. Um, but, um, which was still funny though. His slam poetry was fucking hilarious. But back to not okay. Sorry, I've gone on a tangent Mia, Mia Isaac. She's a really nice job in that last scene. Yeah, um, she was great. She was really good. And I like Zoe Zoe Dutch, Deutsch, or however you pronounce it. Um, I just not okay. It's interesting. It was interesting to to watch the reactions to not okay and vengeance because both films touch on some societal hot topics and they have very different approaches. And I noticed, like there, there's some of the people in our um banana meter discord that didn't care for vengeance and loved not okay and i'm in Which the opposite no boat yeah, yeah i loved the approach with vengeance i got teared up i was deeply moved not okay made me incredibly uncomfortable so i think just going in knowing that those are going to be um possibilities you are correct i saw honor society was a movie i didn't think I was going to care about and got completely sucked in the beauty of the third act turn. I ended up giving that four stars too. I don't know. I'm like Oprah right now. I felt like I was giving everyone four stars last week, except for not okay, because that movie was not okay. Um, Prey, uh, Amber Midthunder is a great action actress. If you watch Legion, you already knew that. Um, I'm not sure first i'm not sure everybody realized that was kind of like a new iteration of the predator series um yeah. it made me less excited once i saw the predator dude drop in that movie i just thought it was okay i predator's not totally my bag 13 lives um ron howard does a great job with that very emotional story touch long um i love that movie but also please go watch the rescue it's on Disney Plus. It's Nat Geo. It was the documentary. It was released last year. It was the best documentary last year. Don't let the Academy Awards lack of recognition fool you. Oh, whoa, best whoa. Documentary it was not. No, I it saw was not. Last year. No, he's wrong. It was not the best. Top tier. First wave was better. 
but we'll argue about that on a different podcast. A different neither one. of those got Academy Award nominations. No, they did. The Academy doesn't care about quality. Best documentary I've ever seen in my life is "Won't You Be My Neighbor." Didn't even get a nomination. My favorite documentary from a couple years ago was "You Don't Know uh, David Arquette," and that was incredible. And I don't give a shit what anybody says; it should have been nominated for an Academy Award because it was well done, well edited, and it just was never going to see the light of day. But with that being said, I think that's our time for the week. With and uh, next week we will be highlighting the AFC North. Make sure to follow Fox and I on Twitter. Make sure to head over to the Music City Drive-In where Mr. Fox has laid out some groundwork on the NFL previews. He's been working over. Uh, over time in order to get those out for each of us to check out. I think they're incredible pieces. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm just going to say this off the cuff, but the, Matthew Fox is a is one of those people that keeps me driving to want more. Um, he's the only guy that I know personally that writes more than I do, and I write a whole lot. So um, this is why I love podcasting with these guys. Even there, And this is just to go on a little bit of a tangent before we go real quick, but there was a time where I thought about quitting this podcast because I was like, you know what? I just don't, I just can't anymore. Like I just don't want to anymore. But then we, we shuffled a few things around on the podcast. And then on top of that, I just love talking to this guy each and every week. So yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big